This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, sponsored by Soundring. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Club W. Humans have been making wine for thousands of years, and they've been confused about which wine to drink for just as long. Club W takes the headache out of shopping for wine. Our listeners get 50% off their first order right now by going to clubw.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by Credit Karma. You can see your credit score right now absolutely free. I promise. No bait and switch. There's no credit card needed. Start taking your credit score seriously. Just text BADCHRISTIAN to 89800 to download the free Credit Karma app today. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, goons, welcome to the show. This is Matt. Now, we got a special episode today. It's Toby, Joey, I, and Dave Bazan sitting down in a room all together for the whole episode. A little bit off format, but it's great. Okay, so I got to say thank you for supporting us in the way you do with the BC Club and with our sponsors. And it allows us to do some really cool stuff, like give away for free an Emery EP. That's a Merry Christmas. That's a Christmas EP. In fact, it's called We Wish You a Merry Christmas. As in a Merry Christmas, but spelled Emery Christmas. So it's really quite more of a visual gag, but you'll get it when you see it on the website. It comes out on the 14th. That's Tuesday the 14th. Go to badchristian.com slash Emory Christmas. You'll find it. We'll follow up on it. But download it there. It's free. It's got eight songs, some old stuff, some new stuff, some live stuff. You know, it's just an Emory Christmas. It's fun. You'll like it. Uh, share it. Spread it. Of course, just pay what you want if you want to kick in some money for it. But just feel free. We're glad to be able to give it away for free. also want to tell you about King's Kaleidoscope, who is putting out a free live Christmas video EP thing, too, like they tend to do. It's called Live in Season, so pay attention to their thing. It's also on the 14th. They'll be doing that as well. So King's Kaleidoscope with video live Christmas. Awesome. One more thing that's real special is we have a collaborative t-shirt that we've designed with Heart Support. That's Jake Lur's site, Heart Support. They've just launched a new program called Restore that is uh, really designed to help people. And the t-shirt looks great. It's a pocket tee, very cool design. If you go to badchristian.com slash heart support, then you will see that t-shirt and you can buy it right on there. And we appreciate that. 50% of all the proceeds go to the Restore program itself. And that also comes out on the 14th. So go pick up that t-shirt on the 14th, then get our Christmas EP for free on the 14th, and then check out King's Kaleidoscope and their uh, Christmas videos and stuff that they're launching on the 14th as well. Merry Christmas. Let's get going. Yo, let's get a little B-A-Z-A-N up in here. You mean Bazaar? Oh, yeah. oh shit! Three, two, one, hit it, Joey! It's the big Christian Bullshit! Bazaar part two! Hell yeah! Nobody's leaving till he's saved. <laughs> no Wait. one rule here is don't pull the microphone away from your face when you're laughing. Oh, is that right? You gotta laugh into the mic. Don't pull it off. That's what Joey does. He he pulls the mic away to laugh, and then he makes sure to put it in his face when he coughs. Yeah, those yeah. are the only two th- microphone rules. <laughs> no, laugh in it, cough, cough out. Saved. <laughs> well, some people believe in once saved, always saved. So you might be. That's right. my I think grandma we talked about that thinks, last time. Yeah, my you're fine. Says you, when I'm hey, you're safe. fine. Yeah, if, if God's you're real, fine. you're fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome to Charleston. This is the same time you've been here. In what was that? About a year ago, you were. Back. Yeah, year, year and a half. I feel like. I you, don't know. You what, like it here, in Charleston? I do. Yeah. Tell us about your show last night. Show is good. Um, 
are they all the same? No, they're so different. And Mm -hmm. that's, what's so exciting. I think, you know, you roll up and you really don't know uh, on this trip. We, you know, we have, um, our buddy Brandon and Colin, uh, shooting some video Uh and, from our manager they got photos of the rooms in their little day sheets that mm-hmm. they or that you must have put that together yourself but uh and i was just seeing his little day sheet and i've never known what the room looked like until we get you know until we got there yeah. and so see i thought man we should get what he's got photos so that we can at least picture w- what it's you know yeah. is it a house is it a coffee shop like what you know most of the time i don't even know so yeah it was but it was cool it was a regular old house up in north charleston yeah, and um, we pulled in and were unloading, and I realized I had taken my guitar up into the hotel room to change all the strings on it, and I just left it there. So oh. I had to drive back to the hotel real quick, to you know, get the guitar. to get the guitar. <laughs> it was like eight p.m., you know. <laughs> Dang. So we didn't start till about eight thirty, but everybody was chill. It was really fun. Well, that's but, just really funny too, because you get there, like you get there showtime. We get there showtime. Yeah, right? we we show up and hang out. Now, I think we you guys do dinner probably. and. We've done all kinds of things. That's what yeah. I was telling you before. We, I mean, we've t- done this with podcasts and living room shows and all this. We were trying to do, po- we got into doing the podcasting thing. Yeah. And so then we got, at some point we felt like, wait, if we're going to sell tickets to a podcast, I don't think it's going to work. So we need to do music. Yeah. So we would promise people, oh, it's an Emory acoustic show. Matt and Toby doing this and the, you know, the podcast too. Cause yeah. we were insecure about it. And so we would make these evenings that would just be forever long. We'd talk for a while and play songs for a while. We'd yeah. get there early and make sure, you know, it's just the insecurity thing. Thing. Like I sure. hope everybody thinks this is good. The yeah. house feels good. Yeah. We'd stay late and talk yeah. to people. I just would be there from four p.m. until midnight. Oh, and man. literally yeah. talking the whole time. the whole time because you're either talking, entertaining a group of people, or one on one, or you're singing, yeah. or you're doing this in a yeah. microphone, and then yeah. more after. So it's just cra- you know way too much work. To now, do. do you hang out a good bit afterwards or not? Y- really? Usually, yeah. I mean, it really depends on the demand for yeah. us. You Are know, people draining to you? Like, would you call yourself more of an introvert? No, I, I don't think I am more of an introvert. But there does come a point. I was telling these guys that, you know, in the course of a, of a post-show kind of talking, yeah. you're probably standing there for 20% longer than you yeah. than you would if you had it exactly your way. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, just a skosh longer. Yeah. But, you know, people are wanting to tell you things. And right. so, I'm, you know, I feel like it's. Yeah. my job to listen and if you've got a personality like you do that's impossible for the people to tell whether you're really engaged yeah because you're so good at it right? <laughs> i don't you're feel, so good don't at feel it. like so i've that, never because so, sometimes you are really engaged and sometimes you're like i you know like you just said did you not say that sometimes 20 percent yeah. you get stuck with somebody who's like uh you know i feel like when it's all added up and the, that it's like maybe a moment with the you know where just the third time that somebody tries to say like no, really, your music really means a lot to me. <laughs> and it's just like, I be- I mean, I fully believed you the first time. And I, I, you know, as somebody who has been deeply moved by other people's music, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And so that third time drunkenly, like, really, you know, th- it's just like, I got it, you know. And yeah. so in those moments, it's not, it's not like a, a huge bummer, but you do just wish that they believe, believed that I believed them the <laughs> yeah. first time. How, what percentage of time? He's 20%. What percentage of time are you really enjoying talking to people? I like it when, here's the thing that's, in, I don't know if this is interesting about me, but I <laughs> like it when it's not that engaging and it's somebody that I'm watching. Like yeah. psychologically, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. Their, their psychology or whatever I'm saying here, 
basically like if they're crazy or a little Cra- weird or a little off, real weird, I feel completely relaxed. That's cool. Yeah. The thing I don't like is yeah, somebody nervous or something, but they they won't or the person that's like kind of abusing the moment to like, oh, hey, yeah, hey yeah. That man, that's the, too the, much. The, yeah, man, yeah. The, Toby, man, the show, come here, dude, come here. Yeah, that that gets like, ah, oh, come on, give me <laughs> give me a break. And I feel stupid because like, who am I? Who am the I? whole yeah. mentality I go of, I'm, oh, I have some kind of fame and that means something, but it really doesn't if they knew me and all that stuff. But yeah, when it's somebody just kind of awkward and even if they're obnoxious or something, but they're doing their thing, it's really them. Because I they're love bringing that. something. That's like right, right. They're bringing something to like, the Like, I don't mean to be mean to shy people, but you should, you shouldn't. I don't want to feel like it's all on me to ask you what you do. For, if I'm having right. to ask you what you do for a living. Right. After a pause. Yeah, I then don't we, get then that. we have a problem. And that. I'm not mad at you for, for that you don't have something entertaining to tell me. Oh, what would that even be? Right. But that's a kind of good signal. I, like you're not gonna talk, you're gonna stand there, and then the next thing I can say is so. Right. How do you you know, that that that's the point where you, you should be if you want to relate to somebody that you look up yeah. to or respect or like, you should bring something, but right. then again you shouldn't be obnoxious. Or so I, I mean here's here's the thing. Or all they have to do is say well, cool, man. It was really good to meet yeah. you, and then walk yeah. away. Later. Don't don't put it on Matt Carter right. to, you know, formulate all the conversation. Yeah, that's. And I f- I feel like that if you do this kind of job at all, that you have to develop a little bit of a skill set. A buddy yeah. of mine was out uh, with this guy called Jonathan Colton, who has a huge following in like full blown tech nerd sort of circles. Like he, his online sort of persona and presence, and the way that he did all of his social media stuff you know 10 years ago really lured all these people and so my buddy was opening for him and as it turns out in this fan base there's a disproportionate amount of people on the autistic spectrum and so my buddy was at these shows and after the show you talk there's a line of people and you're talking to them and there would you just run into uh, talk to a, a couple and they would do all the normal things and they would say okay that was good show blah 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 it's great to see you and then they would just stand there and like keep talking and none of the normal cues that's just like all right it was great right. to meet you shake their hand or whatever which i think is kind of a gracious thing to do it's because it's like this this really is over and we've exchanged everything that we that we're that we mean to exchange and now it could be awkward and you might yeah. feel weird if i don't like just move it along Send and you say out. goodbye yeah um but these folks weren't picking up on any of that well how does he wind up with an extra amount of autistic fans because it's so tech <laughs> it's there's just, really in the tech just because side. of the style i think so yeah it might be that right. was my perception yeah um so uh, somebody pulled my buddy it's this guy john roderick he pulled him aside and said hey look if you do that and they're not responding it's because they don't pick up on the same social cues it's the, the subtlety of it is just like lost on them so you just have to touch their arm yep and yep, say definitely. it was great to talk to you it's time for you to go home or whatever <laughs> <laughs> be very direct <laughs> and they will be just like cool but well, see I you mean, later and then they then they're psyched and they go but there's something to that there's a probably a point with uh, some of those people where you put your arm on and say it's been great to talk to you and they say yeah so yeah. we'll continue talking exactly right. Right. but you so have to say it's time to go. to go home <laughs> wow and then they're like cool and they're not pissed they're, it's not offensive you know how do when you uh do your touring and stuff because these guys are from the south and i mean you not being from the south is it obvious when you start getting to a different demographic as far as like customer service or how fast? Be- I mean, because my wife's from the Midwest and she just says that, you know, when you travel from Iowa to South Carolina and, you know, you're stopping at restaurants and stuff, people start to slow it. down yeah. a little bit more yeah. as far as how fast they get your food. They're a little less polite. And so, I mean, is any of that? 
Oh, less polite in the cell? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Really? You yeah. mean in certain like customer service or fast food, like not, it, not in general. Yeah, like if they make a mistake, there's no sorry. I we, we'll make it right. It's, oh, it's uh, just yeah. there's, oh, there's a more. I would say the South is more polite. That's probably what you were gonna say. But it's I do believe that's in in customer service in general to the to the, especially the lower levels of customer service are, are poor in the South. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, I, for me down here. The first thing that I noticed when I started touring after having lived in Phoenix and in Seattle yeah. is that I, there's just more black people yeah. everywhere. And yeah. that made me feel so good and like kind of comfortable. And I didn't realize there was a tension before yeah. when I just on the West Coast where I lived. But down here, it's just, every, I mean, everybody is just mixed together right. in in public and like uh, restaurants. And, right. and that just feels good to yeah. me. It just feels natural. Yeah. Um, and also the, there is sort of a, a fun, there's like a good old boy, like at the shows, people are just sort of down to clown just a, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's fun. Yeah. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Definitely. Especially in certain ones, it's just even dirtier. Like, I don't know if yeah. you ever go to Baton Rouge or oh, yeah. somewhere in, in oh, Mobile, yeah. Alabama, the Gulfy kind of yeah. in Northern Florida. It's just, those people are just that, loose. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Talking Dirty to those loose. people. It's, shows it's, the best. it's really yeah. fun. It's the most Where fun. The, the, you know, I mean, you can see like, okay, this guy's a character and he kind of holds court when, you know, when, when we're not here. And then there's two other guys. I mean, right. it's just mm-hmm. like, man, you could hang out hang out with these guys and it would be so fun yeah because you know? and I, i've said before how i don't like simple or boring or weird small talky kind of stuff and that is fine especially on tour and stuff but on the other hand i like toby's saying i tremendously love characters People yeah are just like wow did you you know that's what you talk about the whole next day <laughs> yeah on the that, drive. Like, that, trip. that lady had a lot of stuff going on yeah what do you suppose it is how many times do you think she's been divorced yeah, right. what, you know, <laughs> the fuel for, of stuff to talk about so i really enjoy that part yeah of talking to people. Well, let's say the worst person that can come up and talk to you no matter what is the person that wants to pray for you right there <laughs> oh man and, I, and so this this guy came up to me this has happened several times and, and I'm just i have like, skated by that for the last would you have a, a thing that you say or no you, no people just aren't oh they're not doing it they anymore. were not doing they get, it they got the hint yeah <laughs> hey we, we before toby tells it we had mike Carrera on this show and he said that you know he he doesn't really live a christian life anymore doesn't yeah. call himself a christian he said that since kind of taking that turn, he has actually just faked a prayer before. Well, people just oh, like him to pray instead for of him. saying, "Yeah, I don't really do that anymore." Just like, okay, he just did, we'll yeah. just pray. He <laughs> did a fake prayer. But one, a guy came up to me, and I was just like, "I just don't want this." Because I had the feeling, and I'm probably maybe I was wrong that it was something for him to say. Yeah, I prayed over Toby from, from yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and I just didn't like that. Like that, that, that just really, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like they're. And I said, yeah. he said, can I pray for you? I was like, yeah, man, please, like next Wednesday, I want you to remember to pray for me because yeah. that's when I'm going to need it the most. Right now, no. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm totally cool. I want to have a good time. Let's hang out. Yeah. I'm not anything bad. Things are going good. And there's you other actually said people, that? Yeah, there's yeah, other I've people you can Toby pray for. He's very semi-confrontational to people. Yeah, he was? Very yeah, yeah. yeah. He got pretty uh, offended. But that, that just shows right there yeah. where his heart was at. Well, yeah, no, hell, yeah, but it, think about after I, let, I always in the moment I can be tough, and then later I really regret a lot of the shit that I say. And That's do. so demanding it of is. somebody to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the, you're right? It's it's just so it's so controlling of just it's like controlling. This it's mood is fine, thing, but like I'm gonna thing. take it someplace else, and I demand that it goes here, or else I'm gonna be right. mad. Like that doesn't. I mean, my wife and I at, on the floor after a show or something like that. It's like it becomes a spectacle. 
It does. I mean, that's totally. Just, that's, yeah. just, uh, that's just too tough. And you prayer just, is such a personal, like, my wife and I have a hard time praying with each other sometimes. Yeah. You, some stranger just comes, like, in the middle of whatever you're doing. I think it's good intentions. Yeah, but, for sure. But still, well, there's a little bit of something there that makes me go, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's that's good what I'm saying. Bad it's hard like, to it, tell. As soon as afterward, you, like, just because somebody uses Christianity or a faith thing, that doesn't mean that person's not a dickhead. Like, yeah, you know right. I mean, a lot of times right. we'll be on the bus right after and go, that guy cannot stand that youth <laughs> pastor, this guy, he was this or that or whatever. But it seems on the surface to be worse. And I think it's manipulative because it seems worse to it talk bad about somebody who's doing a Christian thing. But you, oh, you should be able sure. to talk just as bad about them as anybody. Maybe you shouldn't mm. talk bad about anybody. Right. But it's like it's like almost manipulative for people that are saying, God this, or I'm called here, or I'm doing this for you, then it's it's just it's way harder to criticize them. Yeah. Or you feel worse about it, or you look worse for doing it, but don't that must be, therefore, overly abused or people attracted to those roles that they're not criticizable. People yeah. hide there. Yeah, exactly. The, the very people that want to abuse yeah. that kind of thing are the people attracted to that and use that and then hide behind it. Well, on, the, on the opposite note, too, there are some people that come up and go, hey, listen, uh, just if there's anything I can pray for you about, let me know. Absolutely. And, I will, right. and, they, and they leave. That's good intention. That's, that's, right. that's, that's more actually, good intention. That, that, that means they really, maybe I have had influence or whatever, they, then that's kind of a nice way just to, to get out of there. Sure. Yeah. Matt, you said something that reminds me of this. I'm curious what you think. What do you think about, because we, we got called out on it uh, last week, what do you think about Christians calling out specific christians that are in the limelight and calling them out like on on twitter or something or or in a in a talk like this like we talked about this uh and i thought i actually thought we approached it really well we talked about this prophet guy that it just kind of looked more like a fortune telling yeah. sort of deal and we just talked about it and had but some we laughs about the guy and, by name and yeah, yeah said his name and all that stuff and someone just said i'm sick and tired of Christians, you know, talking negatively about specific Christians by name and all that huh. stuff. I mean, what, what is, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, what it goes, where my brain goes is when I was a kid, you know, we were at some Christmas get together with all my dad's side of the family and Benny Hinn came up who is, you know, not real. Like yeah. he's just not for real. Right. And whatever way you want to say, I mean, but, and unhealthy, I think. And that, and I basically, I was a kid, but I said that and my uncle was like, oh, well, you can't talk bad about Right. You know, somebody that clearly has the anointing. And I just think like I, that that's all nonsense to me. Right. Can't we what I'm suggesting is can't we assess it the same way we'd assess anything? Yeah, you can talk about it, the it president by name or right. say yeah, he's bad. Anything you're a part of, I feel like space. it's a responsibility of people that care about the, their own thing to self-police it right. yeah. is the way I would look at it. Well, to me, too, and it's, it's like, well, who who are the Christians where you can't talk about them? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you just said. The same Christians that will say, hey, you probably shouldn't do that, will run down the president. Well, so, and here's what I think it's coming from, is that that there is sort of like uh, with us or against us kind of yeah. mentality, because yeah. there's the culture war that's going on, which is described as a war, but it's also, there's like a, there's like a militant feeling about how like you got to, you know, don't break ranks, basically, right. is how I, re how I hear that. Right. And to me, that's, it's dumb. Right. Right. Um, but it's and it's like you say, like if people who are invested in American Christianity want it to be better, then, yeah, you don't you don't let the, the charlatans and the sort of fakers, right. you know, do their thing without calling it out. Right. That's my opinion. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I don't want any human being at all to, to talk about somebody else in a 
in an asshole manner of just of running him down for running him down. You got to do it mindfully exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's the same as you break yeah. ranks. So police is a great example. Police take care of their own. We know they kind of right. do that, and it's can be kind of bad, and it can be really bad. It's not. It's not right. good. Like no matter what, every cop right. always defends every other cop. Right. No matter what. Is that a good thing? Of course not. It's not a good thing at all. Now, there's no problem with having some loyalty and I don't know, but there's like any good cops don't want to put up with not only the bad, it's easy to straw man the, the bad cop or the charlatan, but the everyday shit that's in this church and this one and the yeah. one I'm in, that stuff needs to be sanded down and polished and brought to light too. I mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong with talking bad about it. Yeah. There isn't. And yeah. if you, even if we choose, you say you don't want to do it as an asshole way. Well, we right. kind of satire, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, so does South Park. So does the Simpsons right. somewhat, some of it's satire. It's not, it's not slander. Yeah. It, it's not the same thing. And it, it just uses a little sense of humor to yeah. get at it. It's all, it's all it is. And I think that's the right thing to do. I don't think it's a cheap thing to do. But also, if I'm that guy that you guys are talking shit about, and I'm earnestly wanting to do right and to, you know, to be on the level, yeah. and if I hear some kind of criticism or whatever, which, uh, you know, coincidentally I have heard, yeah. you know, and seen and read and listened to, you know, you take some of it to heart, the stuff that's real. You know, and then the rest of it, you just kind of blow it off. And so I just feel like, yeah, why is everybody so sensitive right. about? Because when you're talking about a leader of a of a congregation or or thousands of people, these people are being hurt. Like with Driscoll and all this, like those people were being hurt, like actively all the time. They were in a situation that yeah, they needed to be rescued from. And you know, I hate to feel like we have friends that were a part of Mars Hill, and then the whole time I just think like, man, I wish these people could just see what's up here. Yeah. And and so yeah, if if there's an opportunity for people to see somebody like Driscoll or somebody like, and so now I'm doing that thing that right. you guys got. No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. on me right. now because oh, I'm we, the one who said it. But we had a whole episode on Driscoll. So. Oh, you guys did. <laughs> so, but to me, that's helpful. You know, I mean, you don't want to make false accusations and ruin somebody's life unnecessarily. But if there's somebody who's being abusive, who or who's just a charlatan or a liar or whatever, um, you yeah. know, and that comes out, I feel like people people should know that yeah i was at mars hill for 10 years and toby worked there and that's the thing that we kept experiencing as it got and it got so much worse like at some point i thought it was great and then it got worse and bad and it's like wait a second and it got this top-down thing and you could see the people in the middle that weren't allowed to tell the truth anymore for the good reasons like you got to protect because of the bigger picture and you don't see it but turns out it's protecting one guy yeah and everybody was just being little mirrors of that of themselves and the the church and and it it is it just isn't right it's just the wrong way to do it the thing that's interesting to me though is that i love watching this like benny hen (laughs) i know it's because i dislike it so much (laughs) it makes me feel so crazy but if, if i'm flipping through the channels and i see tbn whatever it is like the the hair the gold on the set and all that stuff I cannot turn it. We drove drove by the headquarters in Orlando the other day, and it was all decked out in Christmas stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) And Because it it was like, it looks like a church, but it looks like a a mausoleum. It just, it was so ornate and and gaudy. And then we, it said TBN. I was like, oh man, (laughs) I totally get it. Because I, you know, my mom still watches TBN. And like, you know, I watched it growing up as a kid before. I sort of was able to make up my mind about what yeah. I thought was going on there, but I mean, like like Benny Benny Hinn though. Think if you thought of it, if you could take faith out of it and just look at it as a human for a minute, what a showman! What a, I mean, seriously, uh, yeah. it, it's, that's it, all it, it is. It's like yeah. a Vegas show that you but would go exactly. see. And, I mean, if you could go to Vegas and see him knock people out and blow on them and tell jokes and sing and walk around <laughs> with his white outfit on, a, 
you would just be blown it's, away. It's so much more I'd appropriate in Vegas. To right, me. Like right, I, exactly. That show in Vegas, it's just like a, a like a mind reader sort of like magician kind of thing. Yeah, amazing because right. that's what it is. It's fucking illusions. I know you're right. Yeah, but just, it, this it, is my opinion. Right. No, <laughs> but I, I think I think there could be something to the human mind that comes with such expectation too. I was watching one of the third ESPN thirty for thirties, yeah. and it was called Chasing Tyson. And it was basically how Evander Holyfield had to validate himself as a boxer to get in the ring with Tyson and beat him, and Tyson goes to jail and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, Holyfield actually goes to a Benny Hinn deal. It shows him like he he no had way. something wrong with his heart. Benny Hinn touched him. Holyfield falls on the ground, and in in his testimony, I mean, he says, "Yeah, I, I was he healed, healed and all that stuff." And I'm like, I like Evander. I actually respect. I mean, obviously, I don't know him outside of interviews and watching him box, but it's just kind of like this guy doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that would make it up. I, I've even thought so. Uh, it sounds horrible, but I've even thought. Could Benny Hinn actually have some powers from the evil side? Oh. Just because, well, here's why. Yeah. Once you open yourself. Powers. Yeah. Yeah. What are the once, powers? Once you open yourself up to that level of pride. Yeah. I mean, the dude is just pride. No, it's insane. It's just, it's I totally mean, you just insane. see it all over yeah. him. I mean, if what I believe about uh, the Bible and, and the evil team and all that stuff, it seems like he's just like opening the door for Satan to do stuff. <laughs> That's so or, or, or he's just a charlatan, like a, a con yeah. man. You know what I mean? That right. just well, knows to me, everything the, and hears it. And the difference between, so the people that he's, you know, so-called serving are poor, right. Down and out folks. I mean, middle-class, like just like scraping and kind of desperate, you know, in a right. lot of ways. And he's a multimillionaire and, right. It's just so exploitative on that on that level, and the documented cases of, I mean, I just don't. I, feel, my opinion is, if miracles were like a thing, we would just be. I mean, there would just be so much documentation of it. Yeah, but right, absolutely. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, and, and and I've talked to people who swear up and down, and God bless them, and you know, I've even talked to people who you know, ghost stories and stuff like this, and it's, I have a hard time processing all of that stuff, but at the same time, if I'm standing in front of somebody and they're telling me this. I'm going to really do my best to believe it, right. you know, but when it comes down to it, I don't think I don't, I, I would bet money that Benny Hens never moved the needle one way or the other on anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, Evander Holyfield included, right. you know, but that's just my, that's my yeah. feeling. It, it, well, there's always going to be somebody that heals right. or, or right. you know what I mean? Like something. And then, then you, you can you attribute that. it to whoever there's you want. Thousands to. of people, nothing right. happened or they could walk there. And then when they get home, like, I've watched some of those documentaries too about Benny Hinn because it is just so interesting to me. I mean, yeah, totally. The, the guy is just wild, and and maybe he's even so far out there that he actually believes it too. Right. Most, I, I, mean, maybe, I bet he does. I mean, yeah, I think he, I don't think does. he thinks he's lying. No, no, but, I don't think the majority of those televangelist guys and gals think that they're lying. I mean, the, there's Robert Tilton, and that's I think like obviously he d- doesn't believe what he's saying, but he's so unique amongst them, and I think that for people who aren't Christians. Who I n- know who never grew up that way think that a way more of them like Benny Hinn are just like they know that they're bullshitting. Yeah. But I don't really think that. I think that like you guys are saying that they believe what's going on. Yeah, I saw some interviews of people that actually said um, they will not let and, and they said, look, I can say this from experience. I'm in a wheelchair. I cannot stand up. I can't even come close to standing up. They won't let me up there because to get up there, you have to have some ability to even just pull yourself up a little bit because, you know, so if if you if you cannot stand up, 
you're not going to go up you're there for healing on your legs. Yeah, that, is, and I mean, that just shows you it's a show. Right, yeah, right. Exactly. but that's what I'm saying. That's the part about it where it's it, it's very, it's pretty easy to point at. Most people don't give you a hard time for that. Now, I'm asking We're talking you, shit about Benny Hinn. Right. Yeah, that's, right. Not, that's actually pretty simple. Right, that's right. easy to do. What right. I'm saying is that ain't too much different than calculated or prepositioned spontaneous baptisms. Oh, right. right. Do you know what I'm right. saying? Totally, yeah. right. but that's, that's in our types of churches that we are right. in, though. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, I'm saying it's the exact same thing, not as extreme. I agree. But that, but those churches, well, that's kind of too close to our own, so we better not exactly. say anything about that. Well, I think those are bullshit. Right. Yeah. No, or, or you shouldn't do that. For the same reason, you wouldn't actually put a quadriplegic in a bed on Benny Hinn's stage. Right. right. You know, well, we're going to pre-plan these baptisms right. or calculate this thing kind of thing. It's so just I, for the right. It's okay to say that. I think yeah. you should say that. stupid. And just for the record, I think Evander's the only person that's ever been healed by <laughs> that's right. yeah, so, <laughs> that's Hey, a, I, I wanted to ask to you, though, weren't you one of the first worship leaders at Mars Hill, like when they were first yeah. getting? Yeah, like, they, they didn't have anybody in um, the, the, attending the, the church that were, were musicians or singers, songwriters or whatever. And so uh, the, the guy who did a lot of the first uh, graphic design for Mars Hill, this guy, Jim Danzler, he, I think, curated three or four of us sort of like local singer songwriters and paid us 50 bucks a time to come and yeah. lead songs. And then something about the way that I did it, either Mark or somebody else kind of liked it. And so then I kind of was doing it a little bit more regularly and he actually offered me a job that then he withdrew right away. And I actually respected this um, because the board at the time was saying, well, we'd really rather have somebody from within the congregation. Yeah not like an outside hire. Yeah. Um, and it turned out that there was this one guy who Mark was not convinced that he could do the job, but he really wanted to. And so they were giving him a six week or month yeah. trial or something. And then would reoffer me the job if it didn't work or not. If, um, and so if there was a day or, or so where I was trying to decide like, cause Pedro the line, I hadn't put out a full length record yet. I was sort of built. I think the Holy P was out, but I gotcha. was like working on, you know, I had this vision in my head for this thing that I was trying to do. Right. And then I had this other job offer, which would have made me a lot more respectable in my, my wife's parents' eyes. They didn't, my, uh, we were just dating at the time. Yeah. But so, yeah, he offered me the job Mark did. And, um, and then a day or so later, uh, retracted the offer. And, uh, I was really grateful. I knew at the, before he called back that I had chosen Pedro the lion. Yeah. Cause I just thought if I don't do this, I'm going to be yeah, I'm gonna regret it my whole life if yeah. I like I could. It was palpable. I could feel this thing kind of, you know. And then it's hard to find a friend. Happened right at you know shortly after that, and I was really grateful that I yeah. would have chosen that. But it, it wasn't my choice in the end. And right. at the time, did you think, well, I can do Pedro the Line, and then I'm, I can do worship leading later, and then you know, I, I didn't know. Yeah, like it felt like I could do worship leading any time, but right. that Pedro, like that this band thing, I really needed to do it now. Yeah, um, was the thing. But the opportunity of having like a kind of a full time gig, you know, and and steady money, like I right. was, I was a broke as a joke, you know. Like I didn't, I think I made four or five grand that year, um, just total. And so it was tempting for a minute, but then the feeling of I had to do Pedro the Lion. Yep. That was it. You know, at I had that to do at that. that point in time, did you think, ah, oh, just go Marcel? It's a pretty legit place. Um, so after that, I had I can't remember when this took place, but after that, I think I had a little bit more affiliation with them. 
playing some shows at their church. Yeah. Well, was that Paradox then? No, it was before that. Before it was in the Laurelhurst um, uh, building that they were in. And um, and then later we played shows at the Paradox. But that was, you didn't have to have any interaction right. with Mars Hill to do that because it really functioned as a normal all-ages venue. Yeah. You know, my buddy Yuki, who's out on this trip, his band played there. And I don't think most people who weren't Christians had a strong sense no, had, he had no, no idea, idea that but, it was a, a Christian deal. Well, it was cool then because at that time there was the dance ordinance or whatever. You, yeah. There was no all ages stuff, so they had a loophole. That it was the only all ages one. Yeah, so it was every band played there. And, everything. you know, maybe if you went through and and, uh, and audited the shows, maybe every show had a Christian band on it coincidentally, yeah, but I don't, I don't think, even think, I don't think that's did, true. No. So it was whatever they were trying to do, and I think it's why it shut down, but whatever they were trying to do, I think they kind of failed at it and accidentally just had the best all ages venue in town yep. that was not, didn't really do anything missional for the church, you yep. know, except for just create this dope community, which I think is valid. But I think what I'm saying is I think that they meant to sort of it to be a little bit more evangelistic or something or, but it, it didn't achieve that. So they shut it down and moved it over to the, the Ballard campus. Yep. And then once it was in that, that campus, it really was more of like a Christian yeah. thing. And there was the same after that. They didn't really yeah, we played in that lobby. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got played there too. But so back to, um, I had an interaction with Mark that was the first time that I thought, oh, this guy's got like a rage dude. And, yeah. and also his priorities are different than what I think are ideal. He, he revealed something about being a numbers guy. He just said something that was both kind of rageful and like numbers oriented that, growing up in the church and sort of rejecting that the numbers game aspect of church, I, I kind of, it was the first time that I thought, Oh, I don't mind that I didn't take that job or that I didn't get it. And that I'm maybe not so close to this dude yeah. and started maybe, you know, wanting to distance myself or just not wanting to dig in, in deeper. And then, you know, and then I never, never attended there. uh, before or or after that and i was pretty i don't know it was just growing up in the church you guys know like you just after you see bad actors so many times you start to be able to peg them a yep. little bit you, you see somebody do something and you think oh that that might be an indicator that this is a bad a bad deal that's so, interesting to think of the divergent paths that were you know at some point you and mark were together in a room and go yeah i think we're this is pretty much this we're seems the same. cool yeah. in his and car we drove around divergent you know? yeah he'd he'd pick me up from places and take you know take me to the yeah like i sat in his car with him a couple times and there was there was something mad, magnetic there but yep. then for me i had just had enough experience where there was a red flag that went up and i, I didn't like damn him to hell at that moment but it just it just occurred to me i mean i was 21 years old too i was a kid but it just occurred to me like, oh, this is this is a red flag that might be an indicator of some deeper kind of. That's interesting, too, because he probably was only, what, 24, 25? He can't yeah. be much older than you. I don't and think I, he's right? that much older. No, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so at all, so which I, is crazy because he was just trying to figure it out, too. He I think, was. I think that's the problem is he was magnetic, very strong. People was like, oh, started to follow him. So everybody goes, well, he must be doing the right thing. And that's I think that's just what happens. Uh, the same probably way with Benny Hinn. Strong personality does this stuff, and people go, "Well, that it's working." So you go with it, same and then everybody, the, and it just gets more and more and more to this, this big thing. It's the same thing yeah. with Dave Bazan, but, you know, it's <laughs> too big of a like, machine at yeah. this point. You can't handle it anymore. No. But I, I do think that's the interesting thing is 
I believe that regardless, and I'm not an anarchist either, but I'm saying that at some point, any system is, there's a critical size or something where it can't be effective. Yep. It just can't. Or, or it can be effective, but at a certain amount of collateral damage that yeah. is, becomes unacceptable. Depending on what it is, and that would be a government. It'd be, I mean, it's anything. And then people say it's like that Dunbar number thing. Like at, at some, if you're only designed to to know like tribally in our history, you can't really handle more than 150 people. Really, as yeah, far right. as being involved with them. At some point beyond that, there's no way for people in an organization or something to be connected in a way where you treat everybody like a human. And yeah, you just yeah. don't have the brain capacity yeah. to, to for it to be. Oh, this president cares about this employee, right. or obviously the the congressman to his constituency, or the pastor to his church, or right. in, anything. Yeah. Well, and, and then you the the cult of personality issue, which is just constant with churches, is really difficult to get around. Where the reason why most people go to whatever church they do is not because it's their neighborhood church and it's all the people that they mm-hmm. are surrounded by, but it's because they like this preacher or, you know, they like the, and if he's not the one preaching on Sunday morning, you know, you go and you check the reader board and it's this, it's the associate. And it's like, ah, why don't we skip church today or whatever people do? I mean, I don't know what everybody's situation is, but the cult of personality thing is, is tough and it's, it's, it's dangerous and it's hard to find that balancing point. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. Every, I mean, there's people that can abuse their immediate family members. Yeah. There's people that bad. There's people that can abuse the four people that they know the best. Anybody would be responsible for death and murders if put in charge of a, a nation, like right. indirectly, at least some responsibility. If you were in charge, if you were the king of earth, right. you had all power <laughs> on your hands would be tons of blood period. Yeah. So where's that point in between where that can balance out? Yeah. Like I won't hurt my family. I yeah. probably won't hurt you guys too bad. Right. Um, I don't care that much about people a little bit more removed. And if I had total power, I would have to make decisions that inevitably would lead to deaths and it'd be on me. Oh, so yeah. it's just how, how, where's that for everybody at what size, you know, and the pe- the people, the people's character and the size are both the variables there. Yeah. Another thing about that too is at a certain size, I think the thing starts hating itself and then it collapses probably right like like think about for example walmart everybody when it starts oh man everybody just goes to walmart and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's this giant corporation everybody goes oh wait this is kind of even gross. the employees don't love this it, is right? where, yeah oh wait this isn't that good maybe we shouldn't shop here maybe and then so you the bigger you get eventually you will will a system start sure. imploding and hating itself and that's kind of like the rise of mars hill it got Anything. so big so fast that there, eventually some of the, the other people were like, wait, this might not be right. Yeah, yeah but, I, there, I, but there is an attitude about it, too. Like if the, if the person at the center of that was somebody that was, you know, a little bit more like Rob Bell or something like that, who's, you know, Driscoll, part of his charm was that he was a dick. Like yeah. he was yeah. a dick in print, you know, like that was part of what he <laughs> liked to do. Yeah. You know, when Ted Haggart had his thing. His response was his wife needed to blow him more. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a fucking dick thing to say. Yeah. And he knew it was, and it got him a ton of press or yeah. whatever. But if the guy at the center of a massive church like that was Rob Bell, who's like a nice guy and who's like kind of exudes love, even though he wrote that book that most Christians kind of like are reticent about. Right. Uh, that's maybe a weak word for it, but um, love wins or whatever. But I feel like that that's part of it too. But because all of this stuff is fraught, I think it's all the more reason why the thing that we started talking about was that if there are problems and things, people act badly, that every, you got to hold it up. Yep. Like, you got to, 
because the lives and years of people's lives are kind of hanging in the balance where like you look back at going to a church for however many years and you're like, man, that was just a total waste of time. And I, if I would have just known what was up, if it wasn't so hidden, what was wrong with this place, it would have been better. And you, you know, there were good times at all the churches that I went to too. Also, was Driscoll right about Ted Haggard? I don't think so. <laughs> it was meth. It was meth and dudes. You know, a blowjob ain't gonna fix that. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. All right, guys, it is time to stop wasting time and wasting money messing around at those retail stores and start drinking wine that you know you're going to love. You know how to do that? Club W. Now, I joined Club W, so did Toby and Joey, and uh, it's really changed everything as far as the way we do wine at our house. We don't go to the store anymore, walk up and down the aisle, argue about what this is. Should we buy this bottle or this bottle or save this money or spring for the expensive one here with with the fancy label? Because we don't know what we don't know what we're doing. I'm completely overwhelmed and I don't know what's going on when I'm looking at a million wine bottles. So if you go to Club W's website, you answer six simple questions and their algorithm creates a palette profile just for you. So it'll help you choose wines, help you select them, and then they're gonna ship them right to your house. So check this out. Just just so you know we're serious here, Club W is offering you fifty percent off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash bad Christian. Now, Club W is leading what's known as uh, the grape-to-glass wine revolution. That means they work directly with vineyards. They cut out the middlemen, and that basically that saves you money. They're doing some of the mental work for you and some of the physical work to get you know, this wasn't possible in the past without the shipping the way it is and the internet, algorithms, uh, all this stuff. You can get this stuff to your house. You can find about it, find out about it from somebody like me. You're going to get good wine to your house. You're going to enjoy it. And it's 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash badchristian. So I'm telling you, stop wasting time and money messing around with the retail stores. Just go to clubw.com slash badchristian and get 50% off your first order. Clubw.com slash badchristian. Check it out today. All right. I want to tell you about another one of our awesome sponsors, Credit Karma. Okay, so you may not think about these two words very much, and you may not even know how important they are. Here they go. Credit score. Maybe you don't know what your credit score is, or maybe you don't even know what it means, but that's all right. Credit Karma is here to help. Maybe you're just in college or just got out of the house and you haven't even really started thinking about your financial future. Well, the credit score is going to matter. Uh, It can impact some of the most important things in your life from your car to your student loans to your credit card payments. And that's why Credit Karma gives you a completely free No gimmick, no strings attached, no credit card info required, nothing, completely free credit score. So I just, I did it myself. I I texted, I texted the word bad Christian to the number 89800 and immediately directed me to the app. That's how they know, you know, that we sent you. So please use that text number to get the Credit Karma app. And uh, I went on there immediately. I didn't have to enter any of my credit card info or anything like that, got my credit score. And also, something else I haven't told you before, there's tons of really good tools over there. There's a home affordability calculator, a debt repayment calculator, stuff like that. There's articles, there's free credit scores, 
credit advice, and some credit score comparisons. Their goal is to empower consumers to more actively manage their credit and their financial health, and they've been helpful to me. There's a huge archive of helpful articles and and a whole active community over there. It really is great. It's a pro-consumer company that's just set up for you. Like I said, you don't have to enter any credit card info, no charge, totally free. Just text Bad Christian to 89800 to download the free app and get started. You'll see why over 45 million Americans have used Credit Karma to monitor their credit score. And yes, it really is free. So, you know, in this case, ignorance is not bliss. Get your free credit report today by texting Bad Christian to 89800 to download the free Credit Karma app right now. Hey, what's up, all you BC listeners? It's Chris from Fallstar. We put out a brand new album called Future Golden Age, brought to you by Rat Family Records. Pick up your copy of Future Golden Age today anywhere digital music is sold. And check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fallstar. You said you're talking about Mark Driscoll and how it was such a dickhead thing for him to say that when Ted Haggard had that controversy that he said that uh, what was it you th- what, that he said? I it, to paraphrase, I think that if his wife blew him more, that it just wouldn't <laughs> be a problem. Like he wouldn't have had that kind of moral failure or whatever yeah. you call it. He's saying that because Ted Haggard had a sex scandal or whatever, but he said his wife looked better, kept herself up. I think yeah, he did too. say that. And oh, she yeah. blew him more. So in other, in some words, that, yeah. that she would have whatever. You said that's what to you that's reprehensible behavior or what? Or well, just yeah, calculated I just, to get a response. I, I feel like it's pr- it's pretty mis- Yeah, I mean, I think that it was calculated to get a response, and it was misogynistic. It's it is representative of of his worldview, I believe. Uh-huh. But also, I don't think that it was it was meth, and it was. It was gay sex in a bathroom. I don't really think that his wife. I think there was there are other yeah. factors at work there. Yeah. Um, so we're taking a break, and then Toby says to Dave, "He's just like, do you think Driscoll could have been right?" It, and so here's there's what no Toby, way I can look good in this. <laughs> yeah, but let, like, well, sure. <laughs> but let me say what you said a while Dris- back. Driscollonian. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, but what Toby said was here, and you can say what he said before, but says, yeah, but if your wife did blow you all the time, wouldn't some stuff be better? Well, let's all answer that question. Literally, said, just, what, just straight up, right now. If your wife gave you blowjobs more often, or whatever the th- is sex, yeah, 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 yeah whatever, whatever you know, it, would your do you think your marriage would be better? Let Dave answer. Okay, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, would, no, no, it would be great. Don't be <laughs> that would be great. But I feel like that the the trick is with that statement of Driscoll's is that, and you one of y'all brought it up too is like, same goes like, what if I did the dishes right whenever I was supposed to without right. having to be asked or asked it twice or took out the trash you know these things like it's just a very male-centric like what if yeah and then when earlier when i was saying well what if i like ate my wife out you know all the time (laughs) yeah and that is also a very male-centric that's not what she wants (laughs) me to to get better at she's not thinking like oh if you only like you're right that's what i want to do (laughs) that's my that's what i want to do you know (laughs) So you guys, oh, you, I gotta go down there and get a grade. <laughs> you guys had been talking about this, and I think I came out of the bathroom, and, and y'all asked me, "You're like Joey, 
if 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 females every time you came home from work if your spouse said hey uh <laughs> toby described oh, it I this feel so uncomfortable recording <laughs> this i just do well i all right so Toby basically My wife is not going to hear this episode, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> Mine either. I'm good. All right, so Toby basically, I, my wife will listen. Toby basically said, uh, "What if your wife said, hey, I put the kids upstairs. Um, they're going to be up there for a little bit. I've got, you know, think that, but right now, take your pants off. I'm every day when <laughs> I'm you going to give home, you a blowjob. We every go day. into the special room for seven minutes, and then we go about the rest of our Here, day. Here's the thing: Toby is not a male chauvinist. He's totally. asking. He's asking a question, and the simple question was, "Would you be a better husband?" Yes. yes. Okay. I mean, there's just no way I couldn't, and 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 that doesn't and that doesn't mean that I'm not trying to be a good husband right of now. Course, of course. But if I came home knowing the first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get a blowjob, that would do some weird stuff in my head for the better. I think so. But, so, but 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 listen to this. <laughs> that yes, the difference between now and what that would be like initially it would be like, wow, this is amazing. But I do think that it's possible that you would become a little bit self-centered yep. like oh, totally if nothing was required of you for that to happen mm -hmm. i think that it, it's possible that yeah you would just become a little less sensitive to the needs of yeah, the people you would feel entitled to it a little bit well the flip side of all this is if if we really studied our wives and knew exactly what she wanted what makes her feel happy and full inside and if we did that every day right when we came home same same, same. thing that's, same concept and that's the point so that's it's a, the point. I, I, I don't think it's, it's the same thing i think it's a fair question both ways <laughs> i don't know that it's the same thing <laughs> you don't think it would have the same effect i, I don't if, I really if you don't. know exactly but i don't what, know what the effects would be but i'm going to say why it's not the same thing is because i it that's a very physical thing my wife could make dinner every night would be an equivalent thing to that yeah. like if she always had a good dinner at 5:30 and it tasted amazing would I be a better husband? Maybe. I mean, that would that would have some impact. But w with the physical thing or sex, like that is so more primal. That is so, that's a physical thing that's so much different that is on a whole chemical and hormonal level that I think might have more impact. However, I won't defend that it would necessarily make it better because I think in either case, there's the one way where you go, oh, my gosh, my wife's so amazing. I better do X, Y, and Z. That's the nice way to think of it. However, there are many, 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 many chauvinistic men out there that literally get stuff like that and right. it causes them to have even less respect yeah. for their wives and yeah. it makes them probably beat their wife and say well i of course i get this i get right. a meal yeah. i get a blowjob and you better do that right you might go that way with right it which when, when we had that conversation we within 10 minutes we got out of the car and there was a girl that brought her boyfriend that are engaged and we talked to this guy for about 10 or 15 minutes and we were like yeah, we changed our mind on that theory. That's not going to work for every guy because we saw this guy who was just total douchebag that you could just tell yeah, he's probably even, cheating he on her. Be grateful for it it anyway. would be the worst thing right. ever if she decided yeah. to do that for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It would have to be a thing where your wife, obviously, number one, would want to do that. that right. She would find some kind of enjoyment or just like giving you a massage As or fixing is. dinner or whatever that might be. So chauvinism Two, I don't, doesn't I, work. I would <laughs> misogynist. I mean, what do you think the actual percentage of people, there's 7 billion people in the world, want a penis in their mouth like seriously <laughs> like in the in the whole world how many people actually go like ah yeah i dig this but toby the the okay. point hold on let me finish because you're i feel like I, i'm defending it, you the point of your question no, 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 i know these, but here's some the of thing. these people's um like uh uh web nanny things aren't gonna let this episode through the oh, filter <laughs> yeah, like, right. oh you're probably right totally um so one thing I, i've realized i think that Women, because their parts are inside, and men, because our parts are outside. I believe this fully. This is interesting. Men, 
know their wieners. You know your damn wiener like nobody. <laughs> I mean, you know it. You right. know every little bit. Every oh, I mean <laughs> every wrinkle. I promise. Every How many bang. times you peed with? What the, you immediately notice what the hell? Oh, what the yeah. hell? Is that? Oh, okay, just piece of lint, not a big deal. Yeah. You know your wiener completely, and women have zero clue about their vaginas. They, I mean, it might as well be Antarctica. They've never been there, never really thought about. And I know this is generalization. Not every woman's like this, but I would just everybody say, dining in there. I would say they don't this. know their vaginas the, the same way. Like you know, every guy in this room right now knows exactly speed timing thought to shoot a load yeah i mean you just know it without a shadow of a doubt i mean all of us probably know is the fastest way we possibly could shoot a load because you've hidden it forever <laughs> and you had to do it super fast or whatever it might be and you know how to get the job done <laughs> women they're just living their life being sweet just trying to figure out <laughs> I want to. I want to travel. I want to do. I want to study. I want to become a bit. You know what I mean? I would. Love, how many? I would love to travel. Oh, you radical travel. You know what I saw on Pinterest today? I saw something amazing. I just want to. It's wonderful. It's just like so innocent and naive and all stuff. Us who just ah oh, ah oh, my wiener, my wiener, my wiener. It's always there. And my son, I just it's 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 the focal point. It's the center oh, dude, of his me body. Too. It's just there. And so I think that women don't know. And then at the same time, then I think they're a little bit weirded out. Like I believe fully also when the one of the, I think the biggest thing that hurts marriages and sexual intercourse and your sex life with your spouse is that women do not think of themselves as sexy. You know what I mean? Like it, I know this sounds and you crazy. Do? What? I, yeah. I think women are sexy. No, but think of yourself as sexy. Honestly, <laughs> I, I know it sounds like a big dumbass idiot mongoloid, but I really do believe. Like, oh, I'm gonna go lay it down. I, I'm gonna lay it down tonight. That's true. You have you some, you have when some I get confidence. home from tour, you have some uh, sexual uh, confidence. Chicken in the damn door, I'm gonna bust some ass right now. It's gonna be a little kids in the bed. It's just like, ah, it's just this thing. It's unbelievable. So you have some sexual confidence, right? Right. I have, yeah, yeah, I have at least. A, I know how my junk works, and they yeah. don't anyway. And then they're all caught up too with like, I'm maybe I'm a little too fat here. Or I wish this was thing, and all these things go into it, and like it seriously, like I think a lot of times the people that are the women that are elevated most in the world, I'm sexy. Oh, y'all, look at my ass. You want my ass? And they, and they they do stuff like that. So what I'm saying is, I think, and this is a long way to get back to blowjobs, but I think that overall, women and sex, they don't haven't we it's probably been suppressed by men of course and what they should do and what they should be and this is where you gotta do stuff and oh well, this is the slut and this is the good girl this is who you marry this is who you fuck or have sex with i guess maybe whatever but i i think same thing you yeah. better get real careful how <laughs> right. Tall, right. you're right i better watch yeah, out yeah, so, yeah. yeah reel, you, reel it in this is who you bone it's a little late yeah this <laughs> this is who you do in the butt this is who you do in the mouth. This is who you do in the badge. <laughs> but all that to say, I don't think they know. And here's the thing. I believe fully, even with that little knowledge of sex, they dominate us sexually. Like, I mean, I promise well, you, you can get, get you can so get the bad. you can get a terrible blowjob and be like, man, hell yeah. That was, I mean, whatever it might be. So I really believe that also a woman that would give more oral sex to her her spouse, um, could completely rule and dominate and manipulate her man at any time. Like, I think that almost is like, I, in fact, I think fully, you know, they say that women are, are oppressed and held down and stuff like that. I think just if all women were like, okay, for one year, ladies, it's going to be terrible, unlimited blowjobs. And then next year they would be, we could take over the world. They'd be all the CEOs. They would be the richest people in the world. They could be warlords. They could do whatever 
crazy stuff they want to do because men are just that simple the base yeah the, yeah simple yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. that simple seriously like I, I i promise you i mean there's tons of times where i'm just yep. our well, the marriage point, is going good sex life's going good and i'm just i feel like i'm at my wife's bed and call but dave makes a great point i still i don't know if i'm that great of a husband because she would love it if i took out the trash more did the, that really does do something for her which well, the is point absurd of your, to me the point of your question was not should girls do this but what would happen if they did and yeah, i think right. I, I don't i don't know why that's not a fair question to well it's ask. a wonderful thought experiment just Regard, uh, yeah, no. I've enjoyed it. Greatly. <laughs> yeah. I went a, a long way around because I also it's not going to happen. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> no, no, we know so that. It's fully a thought experiment, but it's a cool thought to think of. And and if it did, I, I just do think like if women thought they were more sexy, I think you would have more sex. They would, I think they would understand sex a little. Well, and bit to more. be fair, you know, I think culturally, uh, you know, we're talking about sex within marriage, and by and large, like church, right couples and i think that that is culturally a little different that there are you know oh women sure. at the university you know here or whatever they know their vaginas as well as we know our penises and they you know can dominate but in where we you know where most of us grew up which is like you get married young and you don't have a, a ton of sexual experience beforehand like this is the dynamic that you're talking about and i think it's 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 not down the line but it's it's is pretty you know somewhat accurate I do think. you think well, from your point of view now and raising your kids and stuff like that, do you would you advocate more for sexual freedom in your twenties? I would, yeah, for, for women, yeah. for your daughter, everything? for my daughter yeah. and my son. But I, it, there is a balance that I think is I want them to understand what it is and what the what the dynamics are, so that there's not a lot of um, things that they would take back, you know. Yep, right. uh, and so to me, that's what my, I feels like what my job is. And I don't necessarily think that people who just have a prohibition on sex before marriage do understand the dynamics of it any better or worse than somebody that, that doesn't. Yeah. I don't think that there's a, an inherent wisdom in that. There won't be anything like the prohibition that, that I grew up with, which right. I mean, I was scared to death. I don't think I would have been able to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just was so taboo. Um, but with them, I, I want them to understand it. Do you get married as a virgin? Uh, vaginally a virgin. Right. Yeah. No vaginal intercourse before I got married. <laughs> All right. So I wanted, uh, I wanted to ask back up and, um, get off of penises and vaginas here for a second. You want to get off on penises? <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Now, but like, I, I'm curious what your personality and just who Dave Bazan is, what would happen if you're in line at Starbucks and the dude in front of you turns around and it's Mark Driscoll. He's like, oh, Dave, how's it going? Like, would you feel responsible, compelled, or maybe I can't even control this. I have to give this guy a piece of his mind or a piece of your mind. Or would you just be cordial and, hey, man, it's really good to see you. Would you feel like it's good to see you? Like, how, how would you, how would that transpire? To me, I feel hopeful about, I feel like life is long and our arcs are all really long. And I don't think that it's helpful to be uncivil to people. So, yeah, I would talk to him. Right and just say, Hey, what's going on? You know, and my hope is that it would be able to be civil, but also not bullshit. Right. Like, and so there, and there's some sort of middle path there where we could both sort of acknowledge, even with just eye contact that like, we know there's a rift here just because he's a public person who maybe he's, I mean, I think that he would, 
be able to assume that I disapprove if right. he didn't know mm-hmm. specifically, and 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 I could assume that he disapproves of me and my right. my viewpoint. Yeah, I'll tell a story to that, not Mark Driscoll directly related, but I was at church one time at Marcel maybe three four years ago, mm-hmm. and somebody I am friends with there was that it was there. I won't say who it is, but they ran into a friend of yours that that uh, ran into you somewhere like out to eat or whatever, and, yeah. and said it was so great. I got to see Dave on and catch up, but you know. It's just so sad where he is Right, now. exactly. It was, it was just, he was so telling sad. the group of people at church, it's like, it's, he was just like, it, it's really like, he was, you know, it was the leader person at the yeah. church that, that you know, but he his report back was, it was, it was a name drop in a way. Yeah. And, th- and then it was, you know. How, if I'm thinking about the right person, he was out <laughs> of that church within a year or two. Maybe so, maybe so. A, I'll tell you who it is later. But, well, yeah. I know, I feel like I do know, and I love that guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that that's, if you really buy into the worldview that you have, and it's a Christian worldview, and you're familiar yeah. with me at all, you can't help if that's the way that people are going to feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. is that like, man, what a bummer. That guy is going to burn in hell or whatever your viewpoint is. Like, I understand that. Yeah. And that doesn't make me feel But there's bad. still, the, 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 what you just said was there's an arc to it, which is I, I run into you a lot, and we'll see you again, and we, it'll be more, I mean, there's no reason for it to be, have a, the nature of where you're at and the nature of our relationship doesn't really need a category. Right. Is right. what was what I would say. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sad or happy. It no. doesn't have to be you are. It, it's just what it just is what it is. Well, and whatever script each of us is sort of like signing on to or whatever kind of cultural affiliation we have that feels like it's sort of um, that the path is sort of defined, mm-hmm. we're all improvising. I mean, we're all sure, sure. improvising our lives and our viewpoints with whatever data we have. And sometimes that means that improv in, within Christianity means like you realize that this church is not where you want to be. And so you want to be at a church that's different for, for whatever reason. That's the form that it takes. But to me, like we're all improvising and we're all going to end up in different in places that are unexpected. So why am I going to be so harsh on somebody unless they're actively doing harm or abusive? And in that situation, you know, I mean, I, I, I consider Driscoll to be an, an abusive uh, uh, character. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, he's not. You just think what's what kind of interactions that people are going to have are going to sort of militarize them and their viewpoint. Yeah or open them up to the possibility of seeing a different way. And I think civility in those situations and honesty kind of combined are really wonderful for that because it's like, look, I don't wish you dead or you're not Hitler mm-hmm. or something like this. I just think that you lost your way. And he thinks that I lost my That's way. That's right. Yeah. You know, and so here we are. Um, and one of us is going to reflect on our lives and make a change. And one of us is going to keep going or both of us are going to keep going. I don't know, but if- hopefully we're all reflecting and trying to, f- see the data that is the most true and helpful you know it would be so awesome though to run into driscoll at starbucks and he just goes uh, i don't know no, what i, I do. don't know <laughs> yeah, i don't know what's... who <laughs> fucked up this guy right here <laughs> My i don't aunt... know what i was thinking man that was crazy so that moved... Haggard shit was messed up <laughs> he moved to phoenix and the the week that he moved down there he goes to his kids go to the school that my aunt works at and my other aunt and uncle who are the pastors of this mm-hmm. church down there so I'm in Starbucks and my, you know, my aunt was just like, oh, it's so funny seeing Driscoll everywhere. And I don't know if she's doing that because she knows that I don't dig him or if he's from Seattle and I'm yeah. from Seattle yeah. and, you know, we're, I'm vaguely Christian. I don't, I don't know why she was texting me if she was like poking at me or, 
But it was just so funny. Speaking of seeing Driscoll yeah. at Starbucks, literally she did. That's great. I think he'll home. probably be back at some point. Maybe, maybe he's got. A, he's starting a church down there. Yeah, maybe he's learned a lesson. I don't. Know. That, that's the thing. Uh, and going back to Joy's point, you'd hope uh, so. Reason we we talk shit about. <laughs> we just been talking about Benny Hinn and uh, Driscoll and stuff. But I think maybe he's learning a lesson. I don't know. The thing is. Overall, if I was in that situation, what would I do? That's what I, I get freaked out. Well, by. Like, most like people I think tend I see to. It, but I, yeah. I, I'll tell you what I did. I would, I would kill the brand name that I was dealing with, yeah. that I was working under, and I'd start from scratch because that's exactly fucking like what, what I doing. did because I was hurting people with Pedro the Lion. Pedro the Lion was hurting my friends, so I stopped doing it. Well, tell us about that. Because all my buddies would be cycling through the band, and some of them I wanted to be in the band with. Uh-huh. for years and years and it didn't work out somehow and i didn't know why so hmm. it was it was hurting them because so, why they were hired or they didn't have enough autonomy or didn't they didn't enough have money. enough ownership, ownership or whatever it just didn't yeah. work and so it was it, well, how how are how is it that you are without being arrogant saying you were harming them when they were choosing to do be in the band or whatever i mean well how are you harming them? well because i wanted it to work out and they wanted it to work out in in especially in one particular situation with me and tim walsh uh-huh and it, we couldn't figure out how to work it out. So some way that I had, because the reason why I feel like it was me is because I was the common denominator in like you know mm-hmm. ten or so, uh, you know, breakups that were not ideal, or maybe there was just like three or four, uh, but they were all my friends. Yeah. So the, my point is, is that what what would what would one do? If you realized, oh my God, I'm hurting but these the, people. But that's the realizing is the, the operative thing there. That First is. of all, are you rightly identifying? Secondly, most people don't realize that they simply continue to validate their own actions and right. say well that's their choice or that's what they decided to do yeah which i imagine is the case with driscoll or almost anybody but how is it that you realize that you what you were doing was harmful or destructive to others it just it just started to become clear over time and then the outcome with walsh neither of us wanted it and so it was to me it was like i have this set up in some way the way that i operate it's making it difficult for these people and I'm the boss, and I'm setting the parameters for all this stuff. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And so I stopped. You know, I killed stopped the name that. page I of the line. killed it, and, I, and along with it, I killed, effectively killed my livelihood for a while. And I had to sort of, like, scrape by for all those years, for 10 years. Because you could have had better guarantees with oh, your Oh, yeah. If I just yeah. went yeah. out as Pedro the Lion, it, there would've, it would have been uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. You know, the money and the... That's, not like I was loaded or anything. Sure. But, like, but you know... Then, so the decision you made was to be just to be David Bazan then. Just to, so I still wanted so that's to not, do the thing I was doing, uh-huh. playing songs. It was the only job I had, but I wanted to figure out how to do it in a way that just spared everybody the drama of being up and down with. But, but you had to eliminate, you didn't retry it with more people. You decided to eliminate other people that you had to isolate to handle that. Like the only way to keep you from, in your eyes, from hurting people was to be by yourself. To be by myself and to, try to get some distance and clarity from all of the being in the headspace of running a band um, because it was because I it was confusing also I was embarrassed you know I just uh, a lot of my you know Yuki was one of them buddies who we were in bands that were on tour together and I just was embarrassed about it going you know trying to do a thing and then just like the fallout happening again so whenever I would see these guys like I just felt low Mm -hmm. it was you know I just I felt like I've got to earn my, I've got to earn trust again. I've got to earn, and it, it, I hadn't done anything bad in terms of like I hadn't, but 
I just created a scenario that wasn't going to work out. Well, interestingly, that's kind of what Driscoll did, except for he didn't admit it or doesn't talk about it at all in that way. But he killed the brand, left it, and just said, I'm all right, do my own thing. Yeah. In fact, he's doing solo project now. He's doing solo project. (laughs) Under his own name. But, you know, the difference being is that the people that were being hurt were my colleagues and not the the consumers of the thing. That's my opinion. Um, True. And so it's, you know, so me kind of launching a solo thing was, it, it wasn't continuing to just potentially abuse the consumer, which is how I feel about, about Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I mean, t- to me, that's the thing of like, if you, if you feel like you're doing wrong, you have to be willing to, to give up everything to, to get right. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of a Christian most people just don't have that gear though i don't think yeah right i mean yeah yeah i just i mean if if the church is supposed to be jesus if jesus is supposed to be the center and him the hero why would we get so upset if we're misread or misinterpreted or how dare you say i mean just give it up like who cares just just be you say what you're gonna say and don't i'm not saying that sure your feelings are gonna get hurt but don't I, none of us should have this. How dare you speak against the Most High, right, Lord? Well, you and, can have uh, that in the moment, but you need like uh, after a while, you have to go away. Right. I say a lot of dumb yeah. shit. That was pretty dumb. Well, and that's the that's where the improv thing comes in. Like, yeah, we there is a script, and there is this. You know, it, it certain forms of Christianity. You believe that you're drawing hmm. from this infallible kind of document, but your relationship with that document is not infallible. And so the notion that you would sort of it's that authoritarian thing that like. I've never said anything that was untrue and I I want you know I'm consistently saying the truth and that's just if you actually think that about yourself it's it's scary. Well there's it's the insane. disordered pathological degree that yeah. that Senior Driscoll may be in the category maybe in the category certainly. but then on the other hand think of all the people that have been either band members of Emory or worked for us or been involved with us including promoters, lawyers, everybody. Right. Tons of conflicts. I right. mean, inevitably, just inevitably. tons and tons of them. Yeah. How many of them do you think we were wrong in? Can you think of any where it's like, yeah, we were way off in treating this person that way and firing that person? How many? Not uh, many. No, probably none. Yeah. yeah. But statistically, <laughs> you might have to admit, well, certainly there were some. I just don't know what they were. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he's right about the common denominator thing. A lot of arguments happen, and I'm there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of the thing that keeps happening, occurring. <laughs> we fired a lot of people. I mean, I'm. Anybody who's fired people right. who work for them in contract ways, yeah, c- certainly right. graphic designers, tillers, whatever. But nonetheless, in every in every one of those narratives, we made the right decision, right? Because they were this, and right? They did this, and we had to protect this, yeah. Right. In every single one, yeah. And I think we were right in all, pretty much all of them, at least. I think that you that you're very probably correct in that thing, in that there. And so I, I'm not looking at all of the the Pedro the Lion comings and goings as being like all totally negative, uh-huh. but there were a couple where I didn't know why it went that way. It didn't make sense to me. Well, you and TW seem to be great in great relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took us a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, and we were trying the whole time. I mean, you know, Yuki said it the other day, and and I've said it before, too. I think that Walsh and I are just like, we're more brothers than we are Mm -hmm. friends at this point. Like, we just have been through all so many things together, and it's not always easy. Like, our personalities definitely are like oil and water occasionally, but it's still this magnetic kind of mutual admiration and respect that happens. And it's weird for me to say that because that means that I'm saying that he feels that way about me. And I doubt it 
or don't think it most of the time, but then something will emerge and I'll realize, oh no, he, he, he has affection for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and as I do for him. And so, yeah, it took us a while and there was a lot of hurt, certainly both ways. And that was over creative and vision and money. Was that through the course of Achilles heel? Yeah. We, so he, he joined up full time in 2003, um, as we were after about in the summertime and we made Achilles heel together and then toured for a couple of years. And in the meantime, made the headphones record, um, and toured that together too. And, um, and it was in October of 2005, I guess was the end was the last show. But yeah, it just, uh, yeah, I mean, part of the, the stress of just two grown men with families trying to make a living, you guys understand that. Yeah. It's difficult to do. And I was I was a full-blown drunk and just struggling to write. I couldn't write. If I would have been able, if we would have made that headphones record, a Pedro the Lion record, I think it would have been different. Um because the brand name headphones, it didn't do shit. I mean, it, we couldn't draw a bath in most towns. Yeah. Um and so yeah, there were just little missteps here and there, but it was the pressure cooker of like we had to keep money flowing into yep. the thing. And the way you do that is by writing another record. And I was still, you know, probably ten months away from having material ready for another drinking record. Drinking was hurting your writing. I'm sure it was. It. My drinking was just hurting everything at that point. It just was it was an es- it it was an escape in like a negative way. Are you drinking now? Uh, I drink some. Um but I just started smoking weed in august uh-huh um my wife finally lifted like a 15-year ban <laughs> was of, it placed as a 15-year ban or no just it was just <laughs> like it was just like no more like i asked her about it once and she got like insane yeah and i was like oh yeah no this is not right. so i just never did yeah uh never not one time before this summer um and you know it's legal in washington yeah. and when it became legal i didn't say shit about it to her like oh now it's legal why don't i you know because <laughs> yeah. i just know her and i knew that it was like it was just a childish thing to do but then our dog died and and i was on the way down to a show and i just kind of had this errant kind of impulse and I, I thought if somebody offers me a joint tonight i'm gonna smoke it and i'm not even gonna tell her about it yeah and it didn't happen no one offered me one but then a couple of days later me and Yuki were out playing a show and I woke up and I had this, I'd had this dream that I had cheated on my wife. And I now, now I had to tell her about it in the dream. Uh-huh. And it was one of those that you wake up and you're just like bummed. Cause like the, I thought I saw my cell phone oh, yeah. on the table and I was like, I got to call her and tell her that I cheated. And then I was like, wait a second. That was a dream. I, I didn't yeah. cheat. It happens to me all the time. You know, I'm awesome. <laughs> and then I realized what it was really about yeah. was that I had decided that I was going to smoke weed and not tell her. Yeah. So, so I went home and I told her about the dream. She's like, oh, that's funny. And I said, and what I think it's really about is this. And uh, she was like, oh, that's interesting, basically. And I was like, so also, I guess I'm just saying, like, I'm about to smoke weed. <laughs> and she was kind of like shrugged and was like, oh, okay, maybe. Kind of, which was so night and day. Like, yeah. she yeah. turned into like a, a demon when before. I brought it up before. Like, it just was yeah. really bizarre. So then. So yeah, so all that to say, I smoke now and I I don't I hardly drink at all. I, it's just not. It's a good replacement for me. It's yeah. way better. You do yeah. it for with shows and traveling. Um, I had not uh gotten high before a show, but then on this trip, um, I did one time, and I'm just kind of checking in with Yuki to see like is is that stupid? Like, 
how'd it go how'd it go like externally um and he was and the, the one time it happened kind of on accident with some edibles or whatever and um and i had such an amazing time with the show it was in fort collins I mean, I I said something in the in the first three songs of the show, and Yuki's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> are those are those edibles kicking in?" And I was like, "Yeah," and uh, and then the show that we had was just for me really special. Yeah, <laughs> you got to the delay. Pedal. <laughs> yeah, so since so now I'm into chorus and delay and all this shit. Um, <laughs> sort of superficially, that's different, but I don't know. I just I'm really uncomfortable on stage. Um, and drinking never it didn't make it any better and so i'd never drank from from like 2006 on i never drank before i played or like i'd have a beer or something with dinner but like in the last few years of pedro i was hammered most times when we were playing so i made it and and so now i'm just i don't know i'm trying to see if it's is it helpful so when i if i smoke before i play i just feel the the music and i'm not embarrassed to be standing there yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's a good thing or not. That seems like a bit of a cop out somehow, but I don't know. So it's not a thing that I know my relationship to it well enough to know. Do, am I am I going to continue to get high before I play or try to stay totally sober? Um, but in terms of like after the show, um, you know, if I get high, like my brain feels great the way that I like if I'm getting a little drunk, and then I just go to bed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's I my voice i'm not dehydrated all the time you know my voice is just not raw every single night so it's been good but as a non-smoker for so long i'm sitting here saying all this stuff knowing how non-smokers yeah are hearing it just like absolutely that's insane like what's like it just seems so exotic compared to just good old drinking. Oh, sure. sure. But it's really, I feel like. It might not in the future, though. 20 I or mean, 30 it, years, yeah. it's going to be, I feel like it'll be much more common for people to be like, oh, It may no, be more common at some point. It's way better yeah. for certain things, you know, because it's just, it's just, yeah, I don't, it didn't get as crazy um, for me. But, but everybody has their, a different relationship with alcohol and, and drugs uh, of whatever kind. So. Yeah, I feel like it must be like, uh like drinking, I can drink and play because I'm very practiced at it. Yeah. So we, Toby or I, did we say something? You take Toby out of it. I did an edible in uh, Colorado last time we were there and played yeah. the show. And I thought it was really Did it take a long time for it to kick in? It, did, it was yeah. edible. It took a long time and everything. But it was really interesting. That I was thinking th- thoughts I'd never think about. And I yeah. enjoyed the music and the strings playing and the way they sounded. I was hearing stuff that I was doing yeah. that was incredible. I don't know if it's better or not, but it, I, I was it was really difficult to not mess up. Right. Because I was like, everything, nothing was oh, muscle right. memory anymore. So I thought it was great. However, I need a lot more practice to, to be able it to do way. it well. But I think yeah. it's my first time you ever drank. I'd probably play sloppy too. Yeah, I don't I, even think I played sloppy, but it was mentally like freaky to like not mess up. And yeah. I think I did mess up. So the for me that there is, you know, there is some like memory. You're you don't you're not creating memories the same way. I feel yeah. like when you're high, and I definitely have dropped a lyric here or there, which I never did. Where mm-hmm. the, the, when you said muscle memory, you know, sometimes as you're singing, the way that lyrics happen. You're not thinking about mm-hmm. what's the yeah. next lyric. Your no, body right. just totally. knows what it is. Yeah. And I've had that thing where I get to the first line and or of the second verse or something like that. And I just and I kind of panic and then I drop it for a second. But if I don't ever panic, yeah. if I just right. know, 
when you open your mouth it's going to be there like your your body knows what the lyric is then it's fine and it doesn't ever but those are kind of little artifacts like you're saying that kind of have come up you know you know the same thing happens to me if i typically drink four shows and then if i don't all of a sudden even if i'm just stone sober i find that more difficult it's different as well yeah because it's what you're you're not used to it as much yeah you're just thinking about it differently and one of the things that uh i've talked about with a, a buddy and it's kind of esoteric but when you're playing music it's very interesting in in front of people to understand that you hear it. If you're the guitar player, you're hearing the music from the perspective of the guitar player in that space in the band. Yeah. And then there's a whole different kind of show that's happening out of the main speaker sonically, the energy, just sort of like what it is, what it feels like the zoomed out view of it. And when I was high, uh, last night, um, playing i for the first time ever i was like kind of seeing it from that perspective i could kind of like be out in the i could sort of get there somehow and uh, i don't think that it's unique to being high but it was the the first time that i had experienced it and i was really happy about that i was like oh i really like what i like what's coming off of the stage right now yeah the song we're playing the uh what you know just the feeling of it and it's so rare that i get to experience it that way like when you're listening to a mix from a record you can because you're zoomed all the way out um but it was cool it was cool yeah sweet i'm not high now (laughs) thank the lord yeah (laughs) all right hey we have to go to a nursing home and sing christmas songs so i love that it's it's one of the things i miss so much from going to church is that we would do that all the time yeah well, just, uh, we, we had an idea the other day. Would you ever consider savannah would you ever consider like going to a church that was Maybe they talked about God some, but it really was just like a you get maybe even go on Sunday mornings or whatever. I think that might be an idea that's starting to happen or something. A Unitarian go, is that what is that, would that be Unitarian? Where the, you do talk about Jesus, so maybe even the leader is talks about Jesus, but you feel like you. We were talking about you the other day. Yeah, <laughs> all good things, all good things. But just Whichever. the idea, of, just the idea of a church that where like, for example, maybe you aren't experiencing Jesus right now the way we are. Yeah. Maybe, maybe God's so big that you are experiencing God in a different way. That's, and it sounds scary to, I know people are listening. This sounds like foo-foo, goo-goo. But like maybe years down the road, you will. Maybe yeah. you, maybe maybe the idea of, of actual Jesus will even come back stronger or of idea of a Savior or whatever that might be. But I kind of wonder like that idea of what would it be like that it's just a place where people gather and it it's okay and people will honor your journey and it'll be okay. I don't know if that'll ever exist, but it sounds kind of fun. Like I just, think it would. I think it could exist. I mean, the thing that a buddy of mine, uh, this guy Ben Parsons, we're talking about because um, we each grew up Christian, and he was like a YWAM leader in Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, and I always thought that I was going to be a pastor when I was growing up. Like I, it was just in my head, like eventually I'll probably be a pastor of so, like start a church or something like that because that kind of ran in my family. And, um, so we still both kind of fantasize about what would, if, if we were to do some kind of church and he's real into psychology and like, uh, research-based psychology. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, we've kicked around an idea. It would be sort of like a non, like, what are our, what sort of ideals would we feel consistently strongly enough about to like kind of liturgize them? Um, what would those things even kind of be? And for me, you know, I feel like if there was a church that just sort of, 
I don't know. To me, there's no, there's, there's a lot of good in, I don't know how to say it. It sounds kind of crazy, but it just didn't take, how, how to say this. If I could go to a church that just didn't idolize the Bible the way that evangelical Christianity does and just took it a little bit more seriously than that and understood what it, what I think it really is. Right. I feel like somebody could do that and still view it as divine, which I don't view the Bible as divine, but there's a way to sort of interact with it where it's not just so militant and militarized. And I mean, even like just a sort of like a CS Lewis, the great divorce kind of version of church where it's just like, everybody just relax. Like we're a community of people that are trying to lift each other up. And, and also I guess the, my feeling is, is that, there's a there's a stupidity that flows through most churches and that is it comes from there's a problem and we need to solve that problem and there are actual just sort of natural ways for us to solve that problem but we have to put the language of putting Jesus at the center of everything instead of actually just solving the problem and then, then the problem never gets solved and so i just feel like if there was just a much more pragmatic practical sort of less spiritual uptight version of that where just the natural dynamics of life were allowed to sort of like come and go. And I'm not talking about bad stuff where people misbehave, but just like, you know, my car broke down and it's like, not everybody's like, well, let's pray that your car starts running again. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's fucking insane. Why, why couldn't it just be like, well, I, I could put new spark plugs in it for you. I'm really good at that. Right. Like to me, that's what church should be, you know, about. Yeah. it's just like, commu- like communal resource. So yeah, if there was a church that didn't put such a fine point on all that stuff, but, christians are hearing this thing well that's not church you know then that's just watered down and i think that it's i just think that it's true i just think that it's truer so i'm saying this as a non-believer who doesn't think any of it is divine but i could participate with a bunch of people who did believe that it was divine if everybody just had just a touch of a sense of humor about right they take itself so seriously in in this whole scheme yeah you know? yeah and i totally it wasn't agree. like well, we're praying for uh, traveling mercies for you and Thank for you, a sir. hedge of protection. Yeah. Thank you very much. Savannah. You're welcome. If I don't see that hedge, of, I mean like a literal <laughs> a hedge, hedge <laughs> around our car, I'm going to be disappointed. That would be awesome if, you if that's it, how you know. came back yeah, to Christ. Right. Yeah. That would be how I came back to Christ. Like I was if you had a car road, there was a hedge. What if you have a car accident today, today. on the way, yeah. you're flung from the car, and the guy goes, the doctor says, if he didn't land in that hedge. Exactly. He he was uh, he where in the hell there did was that hedge randomly come a hedge on the side of ninety five. <laughs> Tell me there ain't no god. He, he was millimeters away from death if it wasn't for that for hedge. that hedge. Then you will hedge know. of protection. <laughs> All right, Dave. Enjoy talking to you. Have a good guys. Bye. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.